Do you remember the story of a girl who lived a life of cinders? And how she found true love because she kept a beautiful dream in her heart? <laughs> of course, it helped that she had mouse friends who could sew and a fairy godmother who could do wonders with pumpkins. Well, that girl is me. <laughs> hey everyone, it's Jonathan and welcome back to the Disney Movie Marathon. Today's episode is the last in our three-part Disney Cinderella miniseries. In today's episode, we're looking at two of the direct-to-video sequels that Disney churned out in the 90s and 2000s. In particular, these were made in 2002 and 2007. Of course, joining me once again are Rachel Wagner and Eli Sanza, and we're going to get started with Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True, and then move right into Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. Okay. <laughs> Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True. I People had told me that this was not a good movie. It was not a good movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like this is what people think that Barbie movies are. And I've seen Barbie movies. You. They're like heads and shoulders <laughs> above whatever this was. <laughs> yeah, not even close. This is terrible. The music was so forced. The animation was... Well, the animation was by Walt Disney Television Animation, so it was basically television grade. It was not a good successor to the original Cinderella they, you could tell that they were trying, but they didn't try hard enough. It was very cheap. Especially the whole Jack becomes human. That is just painful. <laughs> this basically felt like three episodes of a Cinderella TV show that wasn't very good. Yeah. That's what it felt. I hate it. It was, it was, it was not a real movie. It was just three segments in one, which I always hate when they do that because it feels like a cheat. But yeah, but yeah, that happens several times in like Disney like movies. But like, but yeah, yeah, I I, I wouldn't have minded that as much if I were uh, entertained a little bit more by those three segments. One one was about Cinderella like learning to live in the castle. The other was about Jack turning into a human, and the other was about Drizella. Uh, uh, I can't remember which one's with Anastasia. Anastasia. Like, Anastasia uh, falling in love with the local baker at the, in the village, and like those were all of those three things were could have been interesting premises, but they didn't do a lot with them. They were just bland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't give enough time to any of the stories, and even if they had, the only one that I would have been slightly interested in is the last one. The other two stories were just so boring they were they were almost the same story with the with the change that Jacques became human like basically cinderella is now in charge of all the parties like she's got to put on a party in all these episodes <laughs> and that's like all that she's good for now i guess yeah that's her big her big thing evidently and I also have questions about the narrative thread that ties these together. Like, does the fairy godmother now live in the castle? Because the whole the whole premise of this movie is that she and mice are telling each other stories about Cinderella. So did she just like move in? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't think she needs to move in because you can teleport. So like she didn't move in. Like, but. Maybe, maybe she did. Who knows? 
Although I'm sure, I'm sure that they're, they're still friends. Like, since, I mean, she, the fairy godmother, like, is the whole reason why Cinderella is even living in the castle in the first place. So I'm just, he owes her. So why not give her a room? <laughs> you owe me. Like, give me a room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not it's not completely outlandish for her to request that. And the the whole thing with Lucifer and his girlfriend, like, yeah. where no, did that other cat you. come from? My question is, why did they get another cat when Cinderella has mice friends? Like, why would they get a cat from the <laughs> <a> castle? <laughs> and that cat That's was hideous. Like, I prefer Lucifer. <laughs> she was just, I don't know. It looked like she was trying to be sno- snooty, but she was just, it was just a bad character design, if you ask me. I didn't uh, like her at all. No. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. No, a lot of things about this movie were unmemorable, including, like, that, like, love interest for Lucifer. And, uh, like, you know, like, giving Lucifer a girlfriend, cat, and turning Jack into a human, these are all really, like, uncreative premises. This is, like, uh, the kind of things that, like, yeah, like I don't know, a kindergartner could come up with these plots. Like it's like the, it's the, not. Yeah, <laughs> the the whole thing felt like bad fan fiction by like a, a ten year old. Yeah, and it would have made it would have made more sense for Gus Gus to be insecure and get turned into a human because Jacques was the one that was confident and mm-hmm. to, you know bossing everyone around. Like he didn't need to get turned into a human. It it was. Terrible. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. One one extremely petty nitpick that I have is in the second story, the party ends up being a carnival at the end, and there's a Ferris wheel. And again, like, I, <laughs> what year is this? Because Ferris wheels weren't invented until like the late eighteen hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Is that is that historically accurate? No, definitely not. Nice. And also the whole thing about the elephant and mice. That was so ridiculous. Elephants yeah. are afraid of mice, so apparently Jacques can control what the elephant does, and that's why he wants to become a, a mouse again. It was so dumb. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the worst. It's it's not the, the worst. I think the worst of the cheap pools is... The Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 is an abomination. Oh. <laughs> I saw so that one either. <laughs> I, 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 my least favorite of the cheap quills, uh, like Cinderella 2 is down there. I also didn't like uh, The Little Mermaid 2. I thought The Little Mermaid 2 was really poorly done. And I, I also didn't like The Lion King 2. Oh, really? So I'd say The Lion King 2 is one of the more tolerable ones but also the fox and the hound too is so bad it's a uh, midquel so it's supposed to take place in the middle of the movie mm. while you know because there's that break in fox and the hound and they go to yeah. like a carnival and meet up with reba mcintyre dog it was really bad <laughs> exactly. i i haven't seen the fox and the hound too yet but i i, I heard people talking about it. the premise sounds really weird and it sounds like it has it no, so it's like nothing to do with the fox and the hound it's like why are we is there a some reba mcintyre dog you said yeah <laughs> that's, really that's, that's a completely different 
<laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, completely different from the plot of the original movie. It was just like a drama about two friends who become enemies. <laughs> yeah, Pocahontas too. I'm not a fan of. I didn't like uh, uh, Milan too. I don't like that one. Yeah. Uh, the we'll talk about Cinderella three. That one is actually pretty decent. Um, oh yeah. I, actually, the Bambi two isn't that bad. It's mm-hmm. better than you'd think, but. Yeah. Uh, most of them, you know, most of these cheap ones are just so bad. Yeah, Cinderella yeah. 2 is definitely one of the worst. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the cast of this, because I was surprised at how many good voice actors were in this, and I didn't uh, yeah. really like a lot of their performances, <laughs> even though, like, they're good actors. I've, I've heard them in much better things. I mean, they can't save yeah. it. If it's a terrible story, what can they yeah. do? Yeah, yeah. You have Jennifer Hale as Cinderella, Rob Paulson mm-hmm. as Jacques, but he's also the Duke. I'm, I'm, it doesn't say that, but I'm 99.9% sure he's also the Duke. Yeah, it says I, on the Wikipedia, I'm... he's actually a ton of the characters. He's Jacques, Grand Duke, the Baker, Sir Hugh, and Bert, and the Flower Vendor. Yeah, he's all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, And yeah. he's a good actor, so I can't fault them for using him to to as much as they could but they had yeah. uh, yeah. rusi taylor doing a bunch of voices in this yeah and she's the fairy godmother I love and tress mcneil as anastasia and i love tress mcneil but every time anastasia talked it was like that's not anastasia that's tress mcneil <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the problem yeah like i trust mcneil is totally easy for me to spot so like every time she's in a role i kind of like uh, no offense to her, but I kind of like, oh, I got her again. It's like, it's like this, it, it takes me out of it sometimes. But like, she's not bad, though. Yeah. You also have Suzanne Blakes Lee, who I wasn't as familiar with. She's the stepmother. Um, I guess she's played Cruella in some of the 101 Dalmatians extra things. Uh. But I will say, I didn't think she was that great in Cinderella 2. She was a lot closer to what she should have sounded like in Cinderella 3. So she like must have done some vocal exercises or something <laughs> practicing. Yeah. She sounded so much closer to the stepmother in 3 than 2. That's one of the many things about Cinderella 3 that's better than Cinderella 2. Yeah. I, th- I think in Cinderella 3, even though the cast is the same, everybody did so much better in Cinderella 3 than they did in 2. I, I don't know. Maybe you can tell me this because I don't remember, but like, did Cinderella 3 have a different director than the director from Cinderella 2? I'm not sure. I didn't look up who the director was, but let me check yeah. here. If, yeah, if it's a different director, it might just be something as simple as the fact that they had a better director, and so he did a better job directing the voice actors, and so maybe that's why she sounded different. Yes, different director. This feels like they actually tried and cinderella 3 they actually like had a story they actually have some action yeah. they have yeah mm-hmm. so and most and importantly it wasn't three stories in one it was just one story <laughs> yes that, that also helps a lot yeah i think the thing that surprised me the most with both of these is who played the prince <laughs> did you guys know who played the prince no it's the same person who played eric in the little mermaid Oh, wait a minute. Oh, you're talking about um, Kristen Barnes? Christopher Daniel Barnes is his name. Christopher Daniel Barnes. Oh, yeah. I think I maybe I knew that, but I completely forgot. Like, oh, uh, yeah. I, the Little Mermaid Prince played the Cinderella Prince. 
Yeah, I th- I thought it was also <laughs> kind of ironic that with when when we get to Cinderella three, you have him basically where he is at the end of the Little Mermaid, <laughs> with him under a spell, uh, being forced to marry somebody who's not the person he thinks uh, he yeah, is. It's, it's kind of it's kind of funny, yeah. <laughs> like same exact thing. We talk about the third one, the Cinderella three. Well, first, I want to talk about the last segment of Cinderella 2, because it's the one with the most substance, and even though it feels sort of like they retcon it with Cinderella 3, it sort of builds something that Cinderella 3 takes and runs with, which is having Anastasia be a sympathetic character. So, in Cinderella 2, they basically give her a love interest and have Cinderella give her a makeover and like tell her how to be a better person. And it was a very weird, (laughs) weird story. Like it didn't make a whole lot of sense why Cinderella would be doing this apart from the fact that Cinderella is just a naturally kind person. I guess that's where they got the idea from. But like I said, I am kind of a sucker for a villain redemption story. So I did kind of enjoy that they were trying to redeem her, Yeah, but they they didn't do it in such a way that it was like super memorable and amazing. It was just, yeah, okay. That was something that happened, but it did give them something to build off of when they moved on to Cinderella three. I do. I do appreciate the little bit of creativity there because it's like when they decided to make Cinderella two, they didn't just think, Oh, well, like they can't make, uh, Anastasia uh, ally because he's the villain. He has to be the villain. But they like they, they decided to just do something a little adventurous and make her kind of sympathetic towards Cinderella and have her sort of be uh, like a semi ally. And they sort of played with that a little bit. And I thought that was interesting. Was like although like some people make fun of like uh, Aladdin's sequels because they because they think it's weird how Iago is suddenly like an ally to Aladdin and like even when he was such a nobody villain minion in the first movie and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's something that they're kind of they kind of do a lot which is like which might actually just be like uh lack of creativity you know it's like oh we need more characters let's turn the villain into a good guy that'll that'll be what we do and like but if it's done well then it's 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 fine i don't mind that although villain redemption stories for me can be tricky to pull off sometimes yeah and i don't think they did that great of a job in this one because it kind of sort of comes out of nowhere even though yeah. they do spend the most time with this story and they flesh her out more than they would have or more than they did with any of the other extra characters in the other stories, it still feels very short and like they should have given it more time and made it make more sense that Cinderella's all of a sudden on her side being basically a sister to her and giving her a makeover. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, it was it was fine. It was the most fine part of the whole movie but it didn't rescue the movie in any way for me well i do agree with you that that was probably the even though it wasn't that great i do agree it was probably the best segment of the three mm-hmm. well then moving on to cinderella 3 for me at least begs the question of like what time period is this because when we get to cinderella 3 it's their one year anniversary so what time period was Cinderella 2 supposed to be taking place in? Because 
they're three completely different stories taking place in different times, but like Anastasia at the beginning of three is back to how she was in the first one. You can tell that she still has glimmers of the character we saw in number two, but her hair is back to being the normal. She's back to being an extreme brat fighting with her sister. So I'm wondering if Cinderella 2, at least the last segment, was supposed to take place more than a year after they were married. Because the Cinderella 3 is their one-year anniversary. Because otherwise, they basically retconned it. I mean, technically, it's either way, it's retconned because the whole time travel thing, and they've completely changed history. But it was just a weird yeah. thing that I noticed. Well, I was well. That was what I was about to say that they retconned it, and that was probably just all there was to it. The end. They just retconned it, and that's why. Like, mm-hmm. but even if I did go into the details of what I thought they were trying to do, I would probably just imagine that they weren't expecting people to think about it. They they were just because this is like they probably weren't taking it as seriously. Like, uh, oh, let's just say that Anastasia fell in love with that baker after Cinderella 3 takes place and like, and there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. It's like, they probably, they probably (laughs) make up some reason behind the timing, but if they had to, but probably they weren't thinking about it. Yeah. A lot of this is, I'm wondering how much thought that they gave to anything. I think you probably put more thought into that question than they did into all of Cinderella t- Probably, <laughs> probably. I tend to do that with a lot of things. It's like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who thinks about stuff like that too, actually. I think about like the logic of this, where does this take place? This doesn't make sense in this timeline. I think about stuff like that a lot, but I usually suppress the, that because I think that I'm probably thinking about it more than the filmmakers are. And so at that point, it's like, okay, this is point. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I feel. I guess I I didn't ask this about Cinderella too, but with both of these, when did you guys first watch these? Because I didn't watch these until just now for this podcast. I can't remember. I think it might have been uh, my second canon watch uh, that I was doing for my channel. I did a video on the um, uh, Cinderella two and three. And I think that's my first time I watched both of them. I might have seen three sooner because people said it was good, but I can't remember. Yeah, for me, it was, okay, the the gap between when I watched Cinderella 2 and when I watched Cinderella 3 was really wide because I first watched Cinderella 2 back when it aired on Disney Channel because I used to watch Disney Channel a lot because I had cable when I was a teenager. And when it came on, I watched it because I always watched Disney Channel. And that was, I, I, when I first watched it, I didn't think it was as bad as I think it is now. I think because I was less, you're, you know how you are when you're a kid, you're less sentimental yes. about some things. And like, so I thought it was okay, but I rewatched it on Disney Plus recently. And that was when I got to the opinion that I have now where I thought it was, oh, this is, now that I can think critically, now I'm thinking, oh, this is really mm-hmm. bad. But I also will never watched Cinderella 3 until I watched it on Disney Plus because I never got around to it. So I all, after I watched Cinderella 2, I watched Cinderella 3. And I heard people say that it was, I heard, I actually heard Rachel talk about Cinderella 3 before I watched it a long time ago. And he, and he told me that it was like, it was, 
it actually it felt like it was actually trying to be a good story. It's unlike Cinderella too, it felt like it was actually decent and fly. and I heard other people say it was like good too. And I finally watched it on Disney Plus and I thought it was I agree. It wasn't great. It like no no sequel, no straight to video sequel is ever as good as the first movie. So it's not as good as the first movie, but it was it was still it wasn't bad. There were it made a lot of interesting choices that I thought made for compelling mm-hmm. narrative and and it was and most importantly it was a vast improvement over cinderella 2 which i thought was the best thing yeah yeah this for anybody who d- maybe is listening and doesn't know cinderella 3 is basically an alternate universe story where the evil stepmother gets a hold of the fairy godmother's wand and changes history trying to get anastasia in Cinderella's place to marry the prince so that they can move into the castle and have their own happily ever after, I guess. So it's a really interesting premise for a movie, and I didn't watch it until for this podcast, but it was one of the sequels, because when I started the podcast, I was like, I'm not going to watch any of the ones that I haven't seen until I get to them for the podcast. But this is the one that I was probably the most curious about, because I'd heard that it was actually decent, and I heard what the plot was, and I was like, I'm really interested to see what this is and how they play with it. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised. It wasn't amazing by any stretch, but it was decent and yeah. worth worth watching. I don't think it was worth making as far as, like, as, a, as <clears throat> an actual successor to the original Cinderella. I don't think this needed to have been made at all. But as long as they're going to make something, I think that they did the best that they could and put their own weird spin on it that I actually kind of enjoyed because it was so such a weird premise for a Cinderella story. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, it, like I said, they at least they tried. They had a story. And I, there's some fun action. The animation is not atrocious, which most of these cheap quills, the mm-hmm. animation is really bad. But I, I really like the whole uh, scene where the, the carriage race yes. kind of, yes. I guess you'd call it. It was really good. Well done. Yeah. Well, the animation yeah. in this one is done by Disney Toon Studios, which is a step above Disney television animation. Because Disney Toon Studios is the one, they're like behind the Goofy movie and the other higher quality, like the top tier Disney animation studio, they're like, they're they're the ones who get the the less important ones, I guess, the ones that aren't going to be like the Disney canon movies. So it was already way better than Cinderella 2 from that perspective. You could tell from the very beginning that they had a much better animation budget because the animation was very good Uh, yeah that's true and one of the things that i I notice about uh, when i when we're talking about cinderella 2 and cinderella 3 is that like cinderella 2 and cinderella 3 really like runs the full range of what most straight to video disney sequels are like because cinderella 2 is one of the worst ones and cinderella 3 is one of the best so That's you can true. pretty That's much get, <laughs> yeah you can pretty much measure all of them against those two movies and it's pretty much in one of those or in between is what the quality is like so if you really want yeah. to get an idea of what most of them are like you can just watch those two movies is the sequel a cinderella 2 or a cinderella 3 <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If somebody asks you, if, if somebody asks you about the Hunchback of Notre Dame, 
two, then they say, is it a Cinderella two or is it a Cinderella three? What's it, what's it like? like? That's a good question you can ask. I will say, even though I enjoyed a lot of it, that there was a lot of stuff in here that, like I was talking about, it's probably me being too picky, <laughs> thinking too hard about things. But I have questions about how the magic works and why it worked in the way that it did. Because, well, for starters... Just the wand? Yeah, the the wand, apparently, at, at the beginning it's established that you need to say bibbidi-bobbidi-boo for the wand to work. But then later on in the movie, people are just using it willy-nilly to do whatever they want. And then you also have the thing with the fairy godmother. When she comes looking for the wand, Anastasia accidentally turns her into a statue. However, after the stepmother gets a hold of the wand, she turns back time. So why didn't the fairy godmother get unstatued when she turned back time? And why couldn't she come and take the wand from her? Then I also have the question, in the first movie, it's established that the fairy godmother, while she does have all these fabulous powers, there is a limit to what this magic can do, and it can only last so long. So why didn't the magic... I mean, uh, I guess that is the, a big question. The movie does, it doesn't stretch over weeks and weeks and weeks. So maybe the magic would have worn off given enough time, but... Not by midnight. Yeah. Why, why didn't anything really come to an end? There was a couple of things that did seem to end by themselves, because at one point Lucifer has turned into that carriage driver. He spontaneously changes back for no reason after he falls in the water. And then if you watch through the credits, at the end of the movie... Drizella and the stepmother are turned into toads. If you watch through the credits, they turn back. They're like in their dungeon or whatever, or they're supposed to be sweeping up. They turn back into humans and they're wearing rags and they're like screaming. So that wore off for them. So I'm just wondering how all of this magic was supposed to stick. And at, at least the part where they turned back time stuck because the fairy godmother asked if they wanted to return to their former lives and they were all confused and she was like, oh, never mind. So they apparently stay with this new timeline that's been created. But I'm just wondering why that didn't come to an end either. So again, this is probably me just overthinking everything way too much. <laughs> but I still have questions about how all this magic is supposed to work. See, this, yeah, this no, I've definitely thought the same. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of why I hate time travel movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you do have to kind of accept a lot of nonsense when it comes to time travel, but yeah. but it yeah. is. But I don't know why they couldn't have done something that ends at midnight. Because I mean, yeah. it was just Cin Cinderella that day for some reason uh, ends up at a in midnight. But I would think if they're going to change the whole time space continuum, then. <laughs> address it <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. and maybe yeah. it would have because i mean the one the stepmother and drizella their spell wore off at the end but so maybe everything would have but i don't think the timeline ever reverted back so who knows <laughs> yeah yeah but at least they tried <laughs> yeah and but, they tried yeah. harder than they needed to like they could have made another cinderella too and just mm -hmm. put it out yeah. there because kids would buy it either way. But I, yeah. I enjoy the fact that they actually did try and make a decent movie. 
Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't even care if the time travel logic makes sense or doesn't make sense because the because all I care about is if the if I'm emotionally invested in this story and if it's well written because like then I can put the science aside or the, well quote unquote science <laughs> and just focus on like how on like the characters and the plot and and this does a decent job with that so like I was like. A, satisfied either way yeah and i think that that's the same for me and i think the i was most invested in anastasia because like i mean you know where this is going there's no way they're gonna have cinderella end up being banished out to sea or whatever she was being sent yeah right into the movie you know that's not gonna stick but i was curious about what they were gonna do with anastasia because like i said with cinderella too her segment even though it wasn't that great, it was still, for me, the best one. And I liked seeing her have that shift. And you could see throughout this movie, she looked conflicted every time the stepmother wanted to do a new thing with her. And by the end, when she basically turned her into Cinderella, I really liked that before Cinderella even had a chance to interrupt the wedding she turned down the prince and said she didn't want to get married anymore. I I liked that they had that arc and they had the arc feel believable rather than, oh, she's good now. Like, they actually gave her a good, satisfying character arc. Yeah. Just like like Rachel said, they actually tried. (laughs) It was a decent plot. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also liked that they still had moments of hilarity with the stepsisters, like one of my, one thing that I I just laughed out loud was when Cinderella is like hiding in the castle, trying to figure out what's going on and trying to talk to the prince. You hear in the background the step family walking through the castle, and you hear the stepmother saying, "Remember, girls, grace and poise, grace and poise," and one of them yells, "Oh, look, a harp!" <laughs> like there's a strum of the harp and a crunch noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a decent laugh in this. Actually, surprisingly, yeah. yeah, there were a few moments like that in this. So the the writing was definitely a step ahead of what they had before. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And and that is a high compliment when you're talking about the straight to video movies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of times people didn't even pay for these movies; they just came included. And and the, Disney would try to make it sound like it, it was like a combo deal. Like, oh, you're getting oh, three yeah. movies for the price of one. Uh, yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, I have a few of those. Like Atlantis, I think, has uh, Atlantis and then whatever the sequel is to Atlantis. And I bought yeah. it for Atlantis. I have never watched the sequel, <laughs> even though I, I own it because I got that Yeah, and that that's set. one of those ones that was the uh, the three, ep- it's like three or four episodes of the oh, TV yeah, show of they were going to do. Yeah. They those did ones that are bad, thing. too. Yeah. They, they yeah. did that combo movie thing. They did that with Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 and at least Fantasia, and they also did that with The Rescuers and The Rescuers Down Under, too. But at least... Well, those, those are Rescu- different, too, though, because those are actually those are, good. Those are, I think they're good. I don't know how Rachel feels about Fantasia 2000 uh, and Rescuers Down Under, but I thought those movies were actually good, at least. And then they helped yeah. they were actually theatrically released. I actually prefer Down Under to the original. I'm not a big fan of the original Rescuers. Right. So. Yeah, I remember 
And yeah. they were actually made by the studio as well. And that's that's one thing that sets them above the others because you don't have like Disney Television yeah. Animation or Disney Toon Studios or yeah. some lesser yeah. Yeah. studio working on these. They the actual yeah. Disney Animation Studio made those. Yeah, it's it's not great when you package in the te- Disney Television Animation movie with the main canon because then it's just like, oh yeah, now I have to compare them, and now it's going to look even worse now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we covered it. Cinderella 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably about the end of it. I I wanted to point out, though, too, at the very end, when the, when the credits are rolling, even though they seem to have retconned Cinderella 2, you have a picture of Anastasia with the baker at the end of Cinderella 3. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, is there? I didn't even yes. notice that. Yeah, during the during the credits, if you watch through the credits, there's a picture of her with the baker. Oh, I like how they called, they did a callback to that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah. even though history has been changed, she'll still eventually meet him and fall in love with him. They're they're mm. destined for each other. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they made a good couple, fingers crossed. <laughs> But yeah, that's the sequels to Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. Always fun yeah. to talk. Sometimes you get more out of talking about bad movies than talking about good movies. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've, yeah. I've oh, found yeah. that to be true. Sometimes it's <laughs> true. Yeah. Making the podcast is always much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's therapeutic to talk about the bad movies after you watch them. <laughs> Yes. Like, yes. Oh my God! Did you hate that as much as I did? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's always, yeah. at least for me, it makes it worth it. We're, worth having sat through this terrible movie to make a fun podcast with somebody. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. It's always fun to talk Cinderella. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. These were fun episodes. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. I always love talking to Rachel and Donaldson. Yeah, you too. It's always fun to do these. You guys want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you in the future? Rachel? Yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And Eli? Yeah, you can find me mostly on Twitter. I'm at, at eJunkie2014. And I also have a blog called Entertainment Junkie Blog. And the website is eJunkieBlog.com, where I go more in depth about the history of entertainment. Okay. We will probably see you again in the future. We don't have any immediate plans, but I'm sure you'll be back for more in the future. So until then. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.